0: Welcome to the Colorado A-List. We're building a thriving business community based on generous leadership and authentic connections. I'm your host, Matt Brower, and today's episode is brought to you by Column Commercial Partners. Column Commercial Partners is a Colorado-based real estate company exclusively advocating for the tenant and buyer side of the table. If your company has real estate needs coming up, you can find them at www.columncommercial.com. Hey, guys, Matt here. Our guest today is, a, is very well known in the Denver and Boulder tech and startup communities. After living in Miami for five years, New York for five years, she decided to uh, go on a trip, travel through Southeast Asia for a solid year, I believe, and uh, then come back to, and we're going to hear more about that, kind of what she discovered and uh, which led her to what she's up to now. But uh, then moved to Denver, got into the uh, entrepreneurial world. And I want to read something from her LinkedIn page, which I think is just so succinctly describes everything you're up to. Uh, Her LinkedIn says, my personal mission is to provide people with knowledge, resources, and tools to make meaningful connections every day, because we all deserve to live lives full of joy, purpose, and a sense of belonging. Love it. Uh, I can't wait to hear more. Thank you for being on the show, Amy Baglin.
1: Matt, thank you. That's, uh, it's an honor to be here. I'm so excited to talk to you today.
0: So uh, you and I originally met, um, what was it, probably five, four, four years ago, Four years like ago that. and some
1: change maybe.
0: And some yeah. change. Uh, How did a, we meet, Matt? In a yoga class. <laughs> it was a wall yoga class. Wall
1: yoga. Who knew that was a thing?
0: I didn't until I joined. That Colorado was my Athletic first. Club. That was
1: my first one. <laughs>
0: yeah, what was it? I yeah, think, I think it was my first one. Yeah, so. we,
1: and you were right behind me. And That's we're right. suspended from the wall, basically the entire class in different positions. Yep,
0: and I think it was just us both being super vulnerable in the same <laughs> environment that we just clicked. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Sure. That's what we'll call it. (laughs) (laughs) No, but over the years you've become such a dear friend. So it's really cool to have not only our personal lives be in our communities be so connected over this time, but also even professionally, like here we are doing this podcast today and we're sitting in the office that you helped us get. That's so right. that's pretty cool. We're coming full circle there.
0: That is awesome. Yeah. Yeah.
1: We Remember, we toured the space, and we literally pointed out where we wanted to build the walls.
0: Yep. Yeah. 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 And then uh, a few months later, they're here, and we're sitting in your new podcasting room. Yes, so. that's
1: how long it takes to build out an office, just a few months. That's right. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's right. It's longer than... We
1: love it here, though. We couldn't have done it without you.
0: That's great. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So um wanted to... Talk more. Let's just dive in uh, and start with travel. I know you just went Mm. on. You've done a ton of traveling, uh, you know, over the years. But you just got back from a trip through France. Is that right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, My boyfriend and I went to France for two full weeks. And we planned it uh, back in January. And we left August 1st and um, did three separate chapters. We love doing things in chapters. So we did uh, about four or five days in Paris, which we basically just ate and drank our way through Paris and gained about five, 10 pounds. Uh, And then we burned all that off doing a bike trip through Burgundy. So we took the train to Dijon and then we did a five day bike tour through the vineyards of Burgundy, which is his favorite wine region in the world. Wow. And um, yep. learned so much about burgundy wine and all the intricacies of how they've been doing this over the past, I don't know nine, ten centuries. It's incredible. Uh, so we did the bike tour and then we ended up for the last few days in the Loire Valley and um, with some friends of his. So it was an incredible memory filled epic trip.
0: And was this the first trip that you and David went on together?
1: First like, major ball, you know, international, international trip. trip. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we did Mexico. Went well. We did Mexico, but that didn't really count. Uh, wait, what'd you say?
0: Things went well. Yeah, things Every, went great. You got along the whole time.
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> oh, we had a couple of moments like people do. Um, I mean, I think the worst part about the trip was that he got some like bronchial infection and he was up, of the 14 nights we stayed there, 10 of them, he was coughing all night long. Oh, no. And if anyone's in a relationship with a sick partner who coughs all night long, neither of you sleep. So after a few days of it, it was like, oh... Um Things are a little bit, you know, on edge because neither of us are sleeping. And mind you, we're biking and drinking wine every day too. Um, But it was fine. We, he got better and we had, I mean, it was amazing. We're closer than ever.
0: No. And I wouldn't ask that question if I didn't also know David and love you guys to death. Yeah. He's the best. Glad you guys had a great time. I saw your pictures on Instagram the whole time.
1: Travel is a huge part of my life though it always has been and um, I feel lucky it came from a family who my parents really valued travel and having experiences that were um, only be they were only able to be had through travel mm. um, and uh, they grew up in families where they weren't able to do that, so this is a big deal for them to instill into their children you know mm-hmm. yeah. um, and so I remember you mentioned in uh, the beginning of the episode my leaving New York and going to Asia, that was a huge turning point in my life. And I think every time I go on, you know, weekend weekend trips are one thing, right? And I love those and those are great, but those don't generally change your life. right? Um, But I think almost every big epic trip I've taken, I've gotten something personally out of it that I carry with me forever. And um, certainly that year of travel through India and Southeast Asia was a big one. And even this trip to France, I, I walked away with a conviction on a few things that... Um, I didn't know were really true for me until that trip. So there's something about the magic of travel for me beyond the experience itself, but what it does for me as a person um, is really big.
0: So talk more about, I know that the trip through Southeast Asia was a catalyst for you. uh, And we've talked about this in the past, but kind of a big catalyst for you doing what you're doing now, or maybe just getting you started into your journey through entrepreneurship and yoga and mindfulness talk yeah. more about that.
1: Yeah. So, a um, couple of things come to mind, uh, for anybody who hasn't watched Steve Jobs, a commencement address at Stanford, I think it was Stanford where he, um, talks about, he has a lot of great quotes in that one, but he talks about measuring things backwards and how you can only measure backwards. You can't look, I can't sit here in time and go, for fact, these things will happen in the future, right? Mm, You can only measure backwards and then connect the dots of how everything is threaded together in your experiences. And I think my story that I'll share is very much one of those where I would have, I had no idea where I was going with, you know, doing this uh, teacher training in India or studying Thai massage in Thailand, but what it laddered up to ended up being the um, foundation for my first business. And the foundation for my first business became this foundation for my second business, and then so on and so forth. So um, I'll say that before jumping into the story itself. That's Um, great. So I was in New York, and I was working. I got I got in as um, the first employee at a mobile marketing startup back in the mid 2000s, before iPhones. Who knew that? (laughs) Who remember those days? Like, we actually text messaged with you know um, those. A normal number, a number (laughs) keyboard. There weren't like a QWERTY keyboard on our our phones. phones, Yeah, yeah. when it had like the predictive text. And um, I worked for a company that did mobile marketing for businesses, um, small businesses, bars and restaurants and club promoters. Uh, which was very fun in my early twenties to have those people as my clients and in New York, no uh-huh, in important. New York, right? <laughs> um, so such a bummer I had to go to nightclubs to work. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we sold this text messaging software and we were blowing up. It was a really good time for us, and it wasn't. I just had this void. There wasn't something, it wasn't filling me up as a human being. And at one point I really got that there was something more to life than just going through the motions. Mm -hmm. And something clicked in me. I started going to yoga. I started um, eating a whole foods diet, like really looking at holistic health and wellness. I went to a holistic health coaching program in New York on the weekends while I was still working at this company.
0: Yeah.
1: And um, during that program, which was training all of us to be health coaches, holistic health coaches, which was never my end goal, but I really wanted to have the personal experience of going through that training. Um, I started reading Tim Ferriss' 4-Hour Workweek. Yes. Have you read it? Yep. Did you... I think to... it was
0: based on your recommendation. I read. Did it you want actually. to
1: change your whole life after you read it? Yeah. Because I did.
0: <laughs> well, I've made a lot of changes in my life since I read that book. You did? Yeah. And the second half got a little analytical for, for me, Yeah. but uh, yeah, the first half was like, oh my God, this, all of this makes so much sense. And, what's one change and I can you, implement some of them. What's yeah. one change you made? One change I made, I guess maybe the biggest one is stopping doing the things I don't enjoy. And there are, you know, we can, there's a lot of freedom to, in like, uh, having, uh, hiring other people to do those things that love doing those things. So that frees me up to actually focus on the things I do enjoy. And the whole ship rises doing that.
1: What a novel concept, right? right? Don't do the things you don't like to do.
0: Exactly. (laughs) It takes like
1: (laughs) books and books and seminars for us to realize this stuff. Right. And I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, what I got from reading that book during this time was how deeply I wanted to make a change and how deeply I was driven towards entrepreneurship. And I was kind of in this moment of like standing at the edge of the cliff and knowing I was going to jump, didn't know where on earth I was going to land, but I had to do something. And I had all this money saved up and I, was like not inspired by the work I was doing anymore. The yoga and meditation practice and the the holistic health stuff I'd been doing for about the the year up until this point had made such a pro- profound impact on my happiness, let alone my health and wellness, but my happiness as a human being. The yeah. people I was hanging out with, my community was shifting, my habits had shifted. Like a lot of the toxic stuff was just eroding away. And I had this moment in reading 4-Hour Week where I, I said, this experience of transformation I've had so far was so great that I can't keep it to myself. Like I really want to dedicate my life and my career to helping others have similar experiences. Wow! Like yeah. that's, that's in, that's was so clear to me even at, you know, 27 years old. Um, and so when I was reading four hour work week, I got really, really, um, I latched onto the concept of finding your muse Which, for those who have read it, the the muse is the thing that we obsess over as as entrepreneurs that we, once we find it, I I guess this is any muse for any artist or creator, right? Once you find it, that obsession just keeps you going and you're so inspired and lit up and in flow every time you're working on it that that's it, right? Yeah. And I wanted to find my muse so bad. So I started having like insane amount of creativity and like generating ideas and brainstorming and, I, I mean, it wasn't really like business um, making business plans because I never did full on business plans, but like, right. you know, specking things out. And I call that dating my ideas. And I would just have an idea, and I'd be like, "Let me just kind of fall in love with this for a little bit and see what happens," you know.
0: Uh, or if I, if you do fall in love with it, yeah.
1: Yeah, or or maybe I do for a second and realize right. it was just a fling, right? You know, <laughs> I mean, I I use this concept very um, aware of the the what it means to say dating because you can fall in love and be committed to something for a very long time. And so throughout this period of reading for our work week, doing the holistic nutrition program and realizing I wanted to change, I decided I'm going to go travel and I'm going to find my muse. And so I went off. It was funny. One of the ideas I had right before I left was to create a social network for people who are into health and wellness to share inspiring ideas and get resources from one another and stuff. And this is 2000, um, nine, I think, mm-hmm. 2009 or 10, where like, you know, bloggers and influencers wasn't like a really big deal back then, right? It was still, st- um, certainly there were plenty of them, but it wasn't like everyone at every corner like there is today.
0: Right. Um, SEO was not as uh, prevalent.
1: Yeah. yeah. And, and even Facebook wasn't like, what it certainly wasn't what it is today. So the resources were a lot harder to find. And I remember being obsessed with this social network idea of finding all these people who were into the same stuff that I was. And it's just funny to say that and then know where I ended up. So um, pause on that one. I ended up buying a one-way ticket to India because I wanted to go to yoga teacher training. And I decided that this would be the beginning of my journey. So I put all my stuff um, on Craigslist or I put it in my parents' basement and I left with my one-way ticket to go learn how to be a yoga teacher in India, which feels so cliche, but you know. Was
0: this in Goa or? It was in Goa. Okay. Yeah, Yeah.
1: it was in um, a little town in Goa called Arambol, which is north of all of the like, um, you know, hardcore Goa club scene stuff. It wasn't any part of that. Okay, yeah. And uh, it was kind of like if Boulder became a village in India. That's where I was. That's there what I've like, heard, yeah. There are all these like ex- expats that, you know, come for season, which was three months, and everyone was doing like, you know, um, chakra reading workshops and training with um, master Tai Chi people, which I did. Like I loved that. Um, it was just a really good vibe in Goa. So I was there for about three months, four months, um, did my training, started teaching right away. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then I was studying with the Tai Chi guy. I decided that I wanted to go to Thailand where I actually convinced my parents to do a, a trip with me through Southeast Asia. So we traveled together for three weeks. Oh, wow. That was fun. That's cool. Because they paid for it and I saw, <laughs> 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 and I saw, you know, and they got to see me and realize I wasn't like dead across the world. And, yeah, you know, yeah. they were worried about me doing this, of course. Um, and then uh, I come from a family where everybody did, you know, it's kind of the straight and narrow path. Oh, okay. And they're like, what is going on with our crazy black You're sheep the black daughter? Sheep, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and then i ended up going to do a vipassana in thailand so i did a 10-day silent meditation retreat in the woods of thailand um sleeping on concrete beds with oh wooden pillows goodness. i kid you not wow then went down to bali for two months and hung out in bali and then spent another two months in thailand and did um a lot of time massage training and got into that and then um I actually, I wasn't in Asia the whole year. I was traveling that whole year. I ended up coming back to the States about seven or eight eight months after being in Asia. And then I traveled in, in the States doing trainings with teachers that I had come to know and respect a lot, um, including partner yoga teaching. So I did a partner yoga teacher training um, that year as well. And I ended up um, moving to Denver because of, well, one, one reason what I had I had visited and I liked it But the other reason was I wanted to find a Thai massage school where I could get my massage license. And the only one I could find in the country that you could get a state license was in Denver. What's it called? It was called Denver Integrative Massage School.
0: Oh, wow. I've never heard of that.
1: So I ended up getting an apartment uh, from a friend of a friend a block from the school in Lohi. And this was in 2010, I think, um, or early 2011. And that was what brought me here. So I remember I moved to Denver and I thought, I am not going to do business anymore. I'm going to be a yoga teacher and a massage therapist. And that's what I'm going to do. And a month into doing that, I started my first business. (laughs) (laughs) So that didn't last very long. Um, I, I had a broken foot. And I remember I was laying on my couch reading a magazine and I read something about yoga speed dating. And I was like, Yoga speed dating. Like, why does anyone do that? It was, I think, like a one-time Valentine's Day event at Crunch Gym.
0: Oh, okay. And it was like an event, one single event yeah, that somebody I think it, I think it together.
1: had been highlighted in Yoga Journal yeah. as like a cool thing. And I was like, dude, that should be a business. That a is way. so smart. And so within 24 hours after reading that, and this is, mind you, I didn't mention my whole travels in Asia. I kept finding these new business ideas and I was looking for the Muse. I almost started an e-commerce site called indianlamps.com where you can buy Indian lamps and like those cool ones, you know, that you see even above us are like some paper versions of them. Yeah. Um, and and you I was obsessed They're with beautiful, these lamps. By the way. They are, right? <laughs> I was obsessed with these lamps, and I thought I should sell them on an e-commerce site. And I had someone build a site. And then I, then I started contacting for inventory, and I realized what a headache that was going to be. So I dropped that muse idea. But I've been searching for my thing this whole time. Yeah. So I'm in Denver. I'm sitting on the couch. I read about the yoga speed dating. And I, I just it all clicked. And I came up with this idea of yoga dates. And the reason it was so obvious to me was that I had moved to Denver. I knew one person, and I loved going to yoga. And so I would go to yoga all the time, like almost every day at this point in my life. And I would sit on the mat in a room full of people, especially at core power packed. No one would talk to each other. Yeah. It's and it was like so awkward. Yeah. And I'm sorry but like if you're in a room full of people and you all clearly the same thing. Clearly yep. we have things in common. We met in yoga. Like right. look at how much we have we just and not that's always be the rule. Though. We're both extroverts. True. <laughs> but you, half the room is extroverts in yeah. this case So you can count on that. Yeah. I just thought it was so dumb that people are just sitting there and all these missed opportunities and they clearly have a big thing in common. Not just about the yoga because we know it's not only about that. It's about the personal growth and the health and the wellness piece and yeah. all of that.
0: Mindfulness. All yeah. Of that. yeah.
1: Yeah. And so I thought it was really weird that I couldn't meet anybody through yoga. And I was also single and I was on OK Cupid and Match and I was having the hardest time finding guys who were into the stuff I was into. And the only thing I could do was click the spiritual but not religious box. <laughs> Remember that? I'm dating myself. You could
0: hang out at the produce section of Whole Foods.
1: That doesn't that? work either. <laughs> so... <laughs> So I, I just, I'm on the couch with a broken foot. I read the thing and I was like, oh my God, I need to do this. Yeah. So I came up with the idea for yoga dates. and So the I, name
0: of your, f- that first company is yoga dates. Yes. Yeah, okay. yoga if dates. anyone remembers that company. And uh. there,
1: if, I'm embarrassed to say the website is still live and it still looks like there's an event coming because I've been too busy running my other companies to change the website and I actually don't remember how to get into it. <laughs> but you can still see the site and see all of our past events and you can see our blog and you can see me like eight years ago looking much younger with much shorter hair. Um, and, and that, yeah, that was my first business. And so in the first 24 hours came up with the name, went on to Upwork, got a logo for 70 bucks, Mm -hmm. went on to meetup.com said, this is what I'm doing. We're doing yoga speed dating. It, this is the group that we're creating yoga dates Denver. And I woke up the next day after I went to sleep, all buzzing from, you know what
0: creating was, this. Yeah, from yeah. like this
1: creative energy. And I woke up the next day and there were like 400, 500 people in the group.
0: What? And I was Whoa. like, what? Overnight success, literally. What's going
1: on? And so that was the beginning of this whole journey was let's create a place for like-minded people to get together in fun, creative ways.
0: Amazing. So
1: I started hustling around town and like doing these yoga speed dating events and vinyasa and vino. And we would partner with Gaia and do movie screenings. And do, we'd do community nights and we'd do partner yoga or – um Uh, couples yoga nights. So for not singles, for couples. And do like Valentine's Day, yummy time massage workshops. It was basically like my personal playground for all these different events. Right. And they would sell out and it would be really fun and people would show up and have like just be super um, open and kind of radiant because it was a different environment than like an awkward singles meetup. Right. And so um, I quickly started to think I had something here. And I learned a lot through that first business. And that first business taught me that people wanted a way to do this online. Their online dating experiences were terrible and that they um, were not coming for the yoga. They were coming for the mindfulness and for the expansive conscious um, mindset and to meet other people who had that too. And so um, that led me to my next business, which was uh, an online dating app called Meet Mindful. Mm-hmm. So that's business number two.
0: So what year uh, did Meet Mindful start?
1: That started in. We did a kind of like really quick prototype in 2014, and then in 2015 we actually launched uh, our real our real thing.
0: Okay. Yeah. The full platform. Uh, so it's been platform. about five years. Five years. Yeah. Okay. Years. And I know you you actually took Meet Mindful through Techstars at some point. Yes. Right? Okay.
1: So in 2016, we went through Techstars in Boulder. Um, and one of the biggest reasons I think that we uh, got accepted to that program is that we have always, from the very first iteration and the ide- ideation of Meet Mindful, is the vision of starting with dating and then going beyond it to help people create other types of connections. And to go beyond just dating and romantic connections to building community and uh, having a way for people to make like minded connections so they can have more meaningful connection in their life because that's really important. And right. I, that was on my radar from day one in the vision. And so. And you think we, that
0: was a big part of why you guys were accepted into. Tech stars because you had that longer term vision and the kind of the intention and the why behind it.
1: Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Cool. Um, they'll tell you that. Because they. It's a great
0: lesson for anyone listening that's <laughs> like,
1: how do I get my company into Techstars? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just tell them you have this bigger, bigger vision. You right. just have no idea how you're going to achieve it. <laughs> well,
0: it's got to be authentic, I would imagine, too. Yeah,
1: and they knew <laughs> that I cared so deeply about it. It wasn't just like a, a flip or was there was a really big why here for me? Yeah. And um, so Techstars was an incredible experience. Oh my God, like we met so many incredible Mentors with who selflessly gave their time to participating in the program and helping us out, um, and made a lot of traction during those three months. It was also incredibly grueling on the personal side, mm-hmm. um, but that was kind of the launching pad that helped us grow to the next level, um, and really continue that growth over the last three years.
0: Uh, yeah, that was the uh, big catalyst for you, guys. huge catalyst. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So, when you, uh, when you got through that program, that's when you. I know that you were next door in the office space here, but you had how many people on your team at that point?
1: When we went in the program,
0: yeah, no, when you came out of it, like
1: when we came out of program, we were like four or five people. Okay, yeah, and then we raised um, a seed round, and we raised a Series A, and we went up to about twenty-five people at our our largest so far.
0: Which is what had you move into this. Beautiful new space.
1: That's right. Um, And this bigger vision that I mentioned is what um, we started working on last year. And um, we're still in the thick of, I would say, achieving that. Um, I don't know if it's ever going to be fully achieved, right? Mm -hmm. That's the cool thing about a vision. You just keep going for it, it just keeps getting bigger. Um, But Last year, I decided with our board that we were going to start going after this bigger community vision. Yeah. And uh, and that was last fall. And we made a few decisions around um, how we were going to go about that. And I know you and I have talked about this and I'll share it here on the show, that we decided that in us, in order for us to really help people create the meaningful connections that they seek in their lives. It wasn't going to be enough to do it through the meet mindful brand and through the meet mindful platform, Mm. because we don't want to be limited to the mindfulness community or the conscious crowd. I, and I love that subset of people. I'm certainly consider myself one of, of them. And, um, What we're working on is bigger than that. Right. And we saw a lot of people asking for ways to meet new people. Oh, but I want to meet new people. I want to go to new events. I want to more, 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 more. And we had to sit back and ask, you know, what is it that makes people say this? Like, why aren't we content with what we have? The relationships that we have. The connections that we stand to make with the people already in our lives. And we got really focus on that question and started asking well why are people so lonely and disconnected these days like what's going on with that what's at the heart of that and um it led us to the notion that health is defined as a balance of mental physical and social well-being and my theory is that we are not focusing on the social part we've been focusing on mental and physical health which i we could rap for hours about what how you get better in mental and physical health. We all know that. Right. It's widely publicized. It's accepted by mainstream culture. There's all the apps and all the products and all the teachers and all the blogs and blah, 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 blah. Right. Yeah. What is social well-being? And why aren't we talking about it? So if we have all of these articles coming out and talks about disconnection, loneliness, anxiety because of isolation and what's happening to teenagers and the role technology and social media play in that, what is our responsibility as a company based around relationships and connection to do something about that? So yeah,
0: if that's what you're long-term committed to, exactly, how, how it would make an impact in that. Exactly. And do I want to just
1: keep doing more, like make a new friend on this app, or do I want to figure right. out how someone can like actually have better connections with the people in their lives? Right.
0: You know, it's funny. I have. I we all feel like we have. Uh, A lot of friends because we follow a lot of the people on Instagram and we see their stories and their posts and what they're up to. And so we feel like we're connected in that way. But how often do you sit across the table from somebody and actually look them in the eye and really get a feel for what's going on in their life? Right. Uh, Because Instagram life is very different than everything else. Yeah. (laughs) People tend to only post for the most part. The positive things that are happening.
1: Think back 10 years ago. This was not an, a thing. Right. This was not an issue at all. Right. We, and we've suddenly taken that for granted that that's how we lived our lives up until, I don't know, five years ago? When did this shift happen? Six years ago? We need to become an addiction cycle in ourselves that we're satisfied with seeing your pictures from the Czech Republic and going, I just (laughs) caught up with Matt. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like what? No, I want to sit down with you and have a beer and talk about our travels over, you know, real shared space. Right. But if we can't prioritize that because every, all of the noise that's coming at us tells us we've done enough because I've liked your stuff and you've sent me an emoji, <laughs> like, it's not going to cut it. So, no. so this, and I get oh, really I pissed that. off yeah. about it. I get and like really lit up that this is something that we've all accepted as okay. So where we're going, um, in this kind of third iteration of, um, where my focus and work is being dedicated towards is, in the realm of social well-being and social wellness mm. and how we can help spread the word about social wellness as a area of focus, create products to help people improve their social wellness, which means in layman's terms, have better relationships, have better connections, be yeah. more involved in your community. And how can we be a stand for that? So,
0: and, and that in yeah. your What you're getting at is like the authentic human connection is directly correlated and tied to overall health and well-being.
1: 100%. Yeah. You know about the blue zones? No. So uh, the blue zones are the areas in the world, like I I believe, um, what's the place in Japan? It's not Okinawa. Is it the island where there's more... um, people, what do they say? Sanitarians. Now, I don't know if I said that word right, but um, people who live over a hundred.
0: Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I can't remember where. So
1: there's, um, I feel like I should know and like say it properly on the podcast, which <laughs> is really funny. Um, there's a number of these blue zones around the world where people live in high proportion, proportions over a hundred. Oh. Okay. And so they're called blue zones. And the one common denominator or thread between all of them is super strong sense of community and connection and uh, close ties.
0: Really? That's what the studies have shown in those areas. Wow. Yeah. So That's
1: it's incredible. not the diet. Of course this stuff matters. Like I don't want to discount it and say that none of this other, the diet and smoking, or whatever, doesn't matter for your health. So right. that would be false. Let me just yeah. say that right now. But they all vary. All these places have varied diets, varied amount of exercise, varied amount of you know, all, obviously the climates are all different. Yeah. Um, and so, so one thread, and yeah, so it absolutely impacts our health. I mean, Incredible. we're social creatures. We're animals.
0: Yeah. Like oh, absolutely, we need it. yeah. <laughs> we we strive for connection and we strive for uh, you know friendship and community. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, So all of this leading to now your current company, which is called...
1: So now we have two companies, which is a fun place to be, um, a fun challenge. We have another uh, product we've launched called Fabric. And it's F-A-B-R-I-Q, Fabric with a Q. And um, Fabric is designed to help people manage their personal relationships and really prioritize those as important in their life. So for the person who feels constantly guilty and like people think they're flaky for not calling back or reaching out or they feel like a bad daughter or a bad son or a bad friend, right? Right. Um, This helps with that. Or for the person who feels constantly distracted and can't remember to call people back or can't remember to stay in touch, but they have the intention, this will hold you accountable. And for the person who... wants to bring someone closer into their life and doesn't really have good tools for that, this is a tool that will help that. So um, Fabric right now is very early. We're about three months in. we're still definitely in beta mode. Um, We're building something that no one's figured out before. So it's quite a challenge in uh, in and of itself compared to building a different type of dating app, which has an established feature set and, um, things that that people are
0: used to. Right. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So this
1: is how, you know, we're making all of it up every day. I mean, we all are, we're all making it up all the time. (laughs) Um, but it's, it's been quite a journey. So fabric gives people the ability to identify up to 50 people in their lives who are the most important relationships and people in their life. So this might be your closest friends or the people you see, um, you know, maybe like once a month you're making sure you're hanging out with and staying connected to. You and I are really like this is kind of our cadence, I, right. I think. Or the people that you just don't want to f- have fall off the radar that you want to stay connected with every few months, every six months or whatever. And we use the um, the Dunbar's number uh, theory, which is Robin Dunbar is a researcher who Found that on average, and this is highly uh, argued, so I'm just some people take issue with this, but we love it. Dunbar found that humans can maintain effectively about 150 relationships at any any point in time in their lives, and that's in four different, yeah, Yeah. and it's in four different circles, if you will, of Mm -hmm. closeness: your inner circle, your middle circle of about five people in your inner, 15 in your middle, 35 in your outer. And then this fourth ring of kind of like acquaintances of 100 people. Okay. So with Fabric, we help you identify up to 50 in those first three circles. And you can organize your people. And then you can set how often you want to be in touch with them. And then Fabric magically helps you stay connected.
0: Yeah, with prompts and uh, things like that.
1: Uh Uh-huh. And so what we've seen so far is that um, people feel way more on top of their relationships and they're able to keep notes and reminders of the things that are really important um, from conversations they've had or time they've spent with their you know, cousin or whatever it might be. And they want to follow up later and say, how'd your job interview go? Or how did the launch go? Fabric helps you remember that stuff too. Um, and very soon we're going to start building in some really cool ways to uh, have whether they're connection games or uh, ways to have more interesting conversation starters and ways to learn more about your friends. So your conversations actually have more meaning and depth to them, too.
0: Yeah. Some of the uh, talking about conversation starters, some of the things that people ask, and I sometimes will say something like this, and I'll very quickly correct myself and say, never mind, ignore that. And then I'll ask a deep question. Some of the Things are like, hey, what's new? Or how are things? Or just these <laughs> surface level, meaningless, I don't know what else to say, so I'm going to say this. Yeah. Like, so that's intriguing to me, like uh, uh, Can I games one? that come up with, yeah, what are some examples? Matt, yeah.
1: since we last talked, outside of this conversation, share one thing that has happened that's been really new and exciting for you.
0: Oh my goodness, I took a trip. Through Turkey, Croatia, and Prague for two weeks. It was magical.
1: What was, <laughs> what's your best memory from that trip?
0: There's an island off of Croatia called Hvar, H-V-A-R. If anyone plans on uh, traveling through Croatia, that is number one priority get to the island. It is, uh, it's just an incredible experience. That's the most memorable.
1: mm Awesome. Yeah. There's yeah, there's so many ways that and I'm sorry, I'm coughing. There's so many ways that we can have and this is we know each other quite well, so it's kind of hard to do this on the spot, but there's so just small tweaks that we can create in our conversations to actually feel like we're not just having a more meaningful connection, because in a way that can feel a little vague, but that I feel like I'm being seen by you, mm-hmm. and that we're actually like, like here together. Yeah, not just physically here together.
0: Right. We're intentional about the connection that we have and the friendship and everything. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. And so That's when I great. walk away, I don't feel like something's missing.
0: Yeah, you actually. We actually feel fulfilled by the friendship that we have. Yeah, what a concept.
1: Yeah, I Good. know. Who knew? <laughs> it's like not doing things you don't like to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's what we're working on now, and it's just really exciting. So, um, and I... both
0: of these are apps, by the way, for uh, those that are listening that are not familiar. And I have uh, Fabric, the app, on my phone, and I was honored that you asked me to kind of uh, offer some, uh, you know, some feedback on. Uh, in the very early days, yes, and I think it's fascinating what you guys are building. And I want to acknowledge you real quick before we close this out. For you know, being in the being successful at—I'll just say—meet Mindful, being successful at this tech company where you have investors and you have raised a series, uh, series A, and you have expectations from a lot of people in the entrepreneurial and investment world. And to really stay committed to what you said before you even went into TechStars, which is now what you're doing, the why behind all of this, now what you're doing called fabric, uh, staying connected to that and staying devoted to that and making sh- big shifts, uh, it, it's meaningful that you have a brand in the marketplace that you can do this and people, the people that are around you are just coming with you your employees, your investors, like, you know, that, that's kudos to you for just really being a badass entrepreneur. Uh, so, and I can't wait to see what you do next.
1: Thank you. That means a lot. It has not been an easy path. So that, that really means a lot. I don't even think you know how much. (laughs) Thanks. I appreciate that.
0: Great. (coughs) Well, I want to, uh, there's, oh my God, there's so many things we can continue to talk about, but I want to, uh, uh, be respectful of your time and, and, um, you know the the vision or the intention of this podcast is to create a thriving business community based in generous leadership and authentic connections. So thank you so much for your generous leadership today, and we do have an authentic connection. I love it. So that's right. Look forward to um, continuing that.
1: Thanks for being such a awesome, as uh, just cornerstone in the business community here in Denver it's I know so many people whose lives you've touched personally and professionally so it's exciting to see you do this and I can't wait to see what you create next
0: awesome thank you all right